expounding the book of Hebrews. And um, we have discussed a lot. One of the things, one of the topics that we discussed is the superiority of Christ. And the second one we look at is the role of Christ in salvation. And the third one is the superiority of Christ over Moses. And the fourth one we'll also check is the eternal rest available for believers. And number five, we look at Jesus is the perfect high priest. Hallelujah. And today we are going to be moving into warning against apostasy. Warning against apostasy. Hallelujah. In this subject matter or in this subtopic, we are going to be looking at um, the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Shall we open our Bible there? Hebrews chapter 6. And we are going to be starting from verse 1. But before then, let me give us highlights of the few things that we'll be looking at in this um, teaching. The book of Hebrews chapter 6 serves as a warning against walking away from the truth and becoming reprobates. Serves as a warning against walking away from the truth and becoming reprobate. And number two thing that we are going to be considering there, book of Hebrews, is that it's um, it also states that falling away makes it impossible to come back to repentance because it subjects Christ once again to open shame. And number three, okay, number two, let me call it again. Number two, falling away makes it impossible to come back to repentance. Falling away makes it impossible to come back to repentance because it subjects Christ once again to shame. And number three, there are better things accompanying salvation for us who continue with Christ. There are better things accompanying salvation for us who continue with Christ. And number four, we can proceed towards that steadfast hope. We can proceed towards that steadfast hope entering through the veil which Christ has opened to us. We can, we can proceed towards that steadfast hope, entering through the veil which Christ has opened to us. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews chapter 5, towards the end of it, we see that the author of the book of Hebrews was trying to encourage the Hebrews to move out of the foundational uh, doctrine, to move out of the foundational teachings into maturity. And um, it was on this note that he entered into chapter 6. Because if you see the way our chapter 6 started, it says, therefore, amen, therefore, and if you see the word therefore, it means that something must have been said earlier. So it was a continuation of what it was talking about in chapter 5. And we remember that what he said in chapter 5 
is that this, that there are a lot of things that will have discussed with the Hebrews concerning Melchizedek, but because they were dull of hearings, and immediately after that, he said, well, you people are uh, immature. By now, you ought to have become a teacher, but you refuse to grow. You are in your babyhood state. You refuse to grow up to maturity. Amen. And, because, and I said something before that what can stop apostasy or what can stop backsliding is continuous growth in the knowledge of Christ. Becoming mature in Christ. Hallelujah. If there is anything that we should desire as a believer is to have more of the knowledge of Christ. It is inside the knowledge of Christ that the manifestation of God's spirit and power that we desire embedded. Hallelujah. So, when it got to chapter 6, it says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principle of Christ. Says, now, the word living there, living the elementary, I think I'm, this evening, I'm going to be taking it slowly so that we can have thorough understanding. We are not rushing to anywhere now. <laughs> the major thing is for us to understand it. Living the elementary principle of Christ will not mean jumping the foundation. Amen. Because if you jump the foundation, there is no basis for the building. If you jump the foundation, there is no basis for the main structure. And if the foundation is not even solid, then the there is every possibility that the structure will collapse. So, the foundation determines the kind of structure that we stand on it. You won't um, make a mistake of putting the structure of a skyscraper on the foundation of a bungalow. You will be making mess of yourself. You will be joking. Hallelujah. But if you have the mind to build a skyscraper, then you must be able to erect the foundation of a skyscraper. Amen. And the worst case scenario is if you do not lay foundation at all and you want to put a building on a level ground. You can see that. And that is the mistake that most believers are doing today. We want to jump the elementary into the integrated. Hallelujah. There is no way that a student will jump learning ABC and want to construct a sentence. You start from knowing A, B, C before you can construct a sentence or a word. Hallelujah. Before you can construct a word. Praise the name of the Lord. Or there is no way you can learn how to multiply numbers or divide or subtract without learning one, two, three. So those are the basis. Amen. Aha. Uh -huh. And at the same time, some people that have undergone the study, the, the basis, the elementary, when they move up, you know, to uh, maturity, they talk as if the elementary are not necessary. Amen. The elementary are still much relevant. And that will be pride, pride on their behalf. We have a lot of people like that that will tell you, that we are, we are, we have stepped up. We don't even, ah, uh, that I have talked about that one. Many years ago, I have thought about repentance. 
Many years ago, I have thought, 20 years ago, I have thought about repentance. We are teaching things that are deep now. Things that are revelational. Things that are, you know, and that will be pride. Praise the name of the Lord. All of these elementary principles of Christ, they are to be taught at every point in time in the body of Christ. And by the grace of God, we are going to be examining those elementary principles, not to go into exegesis, not to go into this, because if we start going into details, one of it will take us about three, four classes. Amen. And that is not what we want to do for this purpose. What we are doing is that we are considering the book of Hebrews and we'll just touch areas that are very crucial and move forward. Praise the name of the Lord. I think that one is very clear. That one is very clear. Because I'm, I'm emphasizing this because <laughs> it will get to a time that is one of the trap that devil set for the matured. I'm telling you the truth. Are you hearing me? That is one of the trap that devil set for the mature believers. He will want you to be full of yourself. He want you to trivialize the elementary principles of Christ and see them as not important and he want you to be digging into the things that you regard as revelation. Every revelation that you must have must have the basis of the elementary. You know what I said? Every of revelation that you will have must stand on the foundation of the elementary principles. But unfortunately, a lot of people that say that are mature today, they don't even know this elementary principle. Let some people come and explain salvation to you. The subject of salvation, as simple as it is. And if you miss out the understanding of salvation, I'm telling you, you'll be having issues on your Christian journey. You'll be having issues if you, if you miss the understanding of salvation. Some, some mature believers ask them to come and explain to you repentance. They don't know what it means. Hallelujah. But if you ask them to come and explain to you, you know, um, um, the, 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 the life, the life of divinity, hmm. moving in the realm of spirits, seeing visions. Ah, you will see them. That is where, that is where we are active. Hello. Do you want to preach? Um, a transcendent life to a new convert. How did he want to understand? How did he want to understand? Huh? Do you want to preach life above or beyond the natural to the to the new convert? You need to start with the elementary, and that is why every preacher we must still be returning back to the elementary. We build from, from uh, babyhood to adulthood. We build. We keep on building. We keep on building. Don't you say me, I've left that all of those. I'm not, the realm that I am now is the realm of um, you know, the supernatural. So what I teach solely now is how people can prophesy. Hello, we don't even teach people how to prophesy, do we? We don't teach people prophecy. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let us move further. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance. Let us go on to perfection. Amen. He's talking about maturity. Let us go on to maturity. Let us move. It's a movement. Babyhood to adulthood. And that is the work of the fivefold ministry. To move the people of God 
from babyhood stage to the state of maturity. Hallelujah. Okay. It says, not laying again. Look at the look at the five. Uh, is it five or six now? That's the author of Hebrews regard as six that that regarded as the elementary principles. Number one says foundation of repentance from dead works. What does that mean? What does that mean? I need somebody to explain that to me. Because those are the elementary principles. And I believe that some of us in this uh, meeting this evening have become born again for one, two, three, four, five, six years. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. What does that mean? So he says we need to understand that and move beyond that. But understanding that is crucial. Amen. So it says number one, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. And of faith towards God. Can you see? Of faith towards God. What is faith towards God? Believing in God through Christ. Amen. Okay? Then number two, number three, of the doctrine of baptisms. Don't mistake in that place to say baptism. It says baptisms. You must put that S. It's pluralized. Hallelujah. Baptisms. So he's talking about different kinds of baptisms. He talks about the water baptism. He talks that, that is the baptism by immersion. He talks about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. So he's talking about baptisms. And of laying on of hands. And of resurrection of the dead. Can you see that? Meaning that the dead in Christ will still resurrect one day. That is, there is life after death. Some, those of us that are, that are dead in Christ will resurrect to glory and those that are dead in sin resurrect to damnation. So, he said we should understand all of these details. Then, the last one. And of eternal judgment. There is eternal judgment. I think we have talked about that extensively in this class. Hallelujah. So these are the five or six elementary principles that the author of Hebrews mentioned, which we must understand. And he was trying to tell the Hebrews that. All of these elementary principles, you have not even gotten it. Can you see that? Because they have not gotten it, and it was encouraging them to understand it and move out of it and begin to build on it and move to perfection. But that is where God wants us to go, to move on to perfection as believers. It is in this perfection that we begin to talk about transcendent life. It is in this perfection state that we begin to talk about the supernatural. It is in this perfection that we begin to talk about the gifts of the spirits. Amen. We will talk about those manifestations. The operation, the operations of angels, the angelic operations, the angelic ministrations. Amen. Because the baby don't know what is called angelic ministration. Baby don't understand it because those ones are deep spiritual things. But God will help us. God will help to this church. We are jumping the gun. Abimramayawa, remember that is one again today. You know, you want to, you want to start the manifestation. You want to just start manifestation and. Pastor W.F. Kumuyi will say, power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. It has happened to people like us when we are coming up. 
will jump the rudiments. We jump the foundation. I've been prophesying, don't say the Lord, since I was a teen boy. Not even, not even learning those elementary principles. So by the time I will grow up a little bit, I become a teenager, I mature, you know. I was just going about prophesying. I was going about, you know, displaying the gifts. Until, if I, if I tell you the year that I spent, that I went back to the elementary, that I went back to study salvation again, that is, ah, what is the experience called salvation? What is it? What is the meaning of redemption? What is the meaning of sanctification? Who is the sanctified? Are you getting what I'm saying? I now return back to learn all of that. Then I went back to learn what is church. I went back to study all of that. Then I now understand. I move into perfection. And that is why today you see that, you know, when I'm prophesying, I don't, at that time when I prophesy, <laughs> if I tell you something, I say, see something, something. If I just mention things to you that you didn't tell me ordinarily, <laughs> you see, you see, soldier, soldier will raise up. Did you discuss anything with me? Did we discuss it? Soldier will raise up. <laughs> As if it is by your power. But today, you know, I called you today, right? I said I want to tell you something. God revealed something to me for you. Because I called you. You know what I'm saying? That time when I call you, God told me something about you. And I said, I will see you today, this evening. It doesn't make any, you know, I was not even in a hurry to get, tell anything. And it has happened like that to several people. Hallelujah. So tell yourself, say, I'm moving, I'm understanding the elementary to build on it to perfection. Hallelujah. Okay. We have mentioned the six, right? We just try to explain it in a peripheral, not exegesis, but I think we are fine with that. Now, our main teaching will start from that um, verse. Um, okay, let's complete that scripture. Says and verse three says, and this will we will do if God permits. Do you know what the author is trying to say there? He said, the readiness and the resolution to teach you these things. Can you see that? These are the things. This is the work of the fivefold ministry, sir. He was showing them the readiness and the resolution in his heart that all of these things we will teach you as God permits us. So that when you understand the rudiments, when you understand the basis, you won't, even when you are pressured, you know, pressured by your countrymen, when you are enticed with, with, um, with pseudo-teachings, with pseudo-doctrines, it won't move you. Because you understand the basis. Hello? If you don't know the basis, you will be enticed with pseudo-teachings, with pseudo-doctrines, and you will run with it. Do you get what I'm saying now? Just like the Bible, eh? the secrets of the old Bible, the secret of the old Bible, is in Genesis. Genesis. Anything in the Bible, trace it to the trace it to Genesis chapter one. It will explain it. So the beginning, and that's the beginning. So everything, everything is enveloped in the beginning. Are you getting what I'm saying now? 
the longest word today, the longest word today is eating in A, B, C to Z. Is eating in A, B, C to Z. Are you hearing me? The longest word is eating in A, A to Z. So everything you become, everything you attain is enveloped in the beginning. So if you miss the beginning, you miss all. And that is the problem we are having with our, I don't mention anybody's name, with our big, big pastors today. They missed the beginning. They missed it. They missed that elementary stage. They were not grounded, but they leverage on gifts and power. But those of us that are coming up today, we don't want to make the same mistake that they made. We want to learn the ABC of the doctrine of Christ. We want to live by the word. We want to live by the ABC of the word. We want to live by the simplicity of the word of God. Because in that simplicity lies everything that we need. In that simplicity of the word. Hallelujah. I think somebody is getting something. You are blessed in Jesus' name. So I have explained that to verse 3. Now, from verse 4, verse 4 is verse 4 to verse 6 is um, a very uh, uh, how do I put this now? It's very contradictory. And um, it has caused a lot of um, arguments, controversies in the body of Christ. In fact, it's very controversial. And that this is one of the major um, verses of the Bible, you know, that those who believe in losing salvation, you know, stand on. In losing salvation. That this is the basis of, this is the main basis of their teaching, that you can lose your salvation. Amen. And on that note, we are going to be going straight away into warning against apostasy. Warning against apostasy. Now, we are going to do a serious explanation on this. And I want you to pay a lot of attention to understand it. Because if you don't pay attention, you will misconstrue me and you miss out. But listen carefully to understand this. Yes, the author of Hebrews and the other authors of the Bible warned against apostasy. But we should begin by asking ourselves, what is apostasy? Hallelujah. So, apostasy is a former um, disaffiliation Former disaffiliation from former disaffiliation from this is dictionary meaning. So I'm not I'm, I just speak this one from dictionary. Okay. Former disaffiliation from abandonment of renunciation of a religion by a person. Former disaffiliation from abandonment of a renunciation of a religion by a person. So we can say that apostasy is the outright abandonment or rejection of a religious belief or principle. Do you get that? Outright abandonment or rejection of a religious belief or principle. So the term apostasy comes from the Greek word apostasia. Apostasia. A-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-A. 
A-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-A. Meaning defection. Defection. Or departure. Or revolt. Or rebellion. That is the Greek meaning of apostasy. From the Greek word apostasia. Now, an apostate, an apostate is not merely an unbeliever. It's not just an unbeliever. Are you following me now? Hmm? But someone, someone who has received the knowledge of the truth in his head. He has received he has been he has received he has handled the knowledge of the truth that's number one and number two an apostate must have rejected the truth in his heart that truth that he held onto he consciously deliberately renounced it and rejected it outrightly Of course, he has that knowledge of the truth. He has the full knowledge of the truth. But he denounced it. And number three, after rejecting that truth, then he substitutes that truth with something else. So, he does not just reject the truth. But he also substituted it for something else. For an instance, someone who have known Christ, who have fellowship with Christ, who have understood the elementary principle of Christ, and have graduated to the integrated principles, that is, he has graduated to maturity. Then he decided by his own volition. He decided to renounce what he believed in, to renounce what he had preached, to renounce those supernatural experiences he had encountered. Then he chose to go for another religion. He now believed in other principles and ideologies. He served another God entirely, apart from the living God. So, he ceased to serve God through Jesus. Because the only avenue, the only passage that we pass to reach God is through Jesus. No one come unto the Father except through the Son. So. An apostate does not pass through the passage of Christ to God. He finds another God. Are you getting what I'm saying now? He finds another God or he ceases to serve God. So he left Christ and he held on to something that is lesser to Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Have I been able to explain to you an apostate? That is an apostate. Amen. Amen. Just hold that on your left hand. Because we will be returning back to explain it better. An apostate, after he had renounced his, uh, uh, his allegiance to Christ, after he had renounced his allegiance to Christ, he does not call the name of Christ again. Are you get what I'm saying now? We have a lot of people today who are not who are not part of us, but they are within us. And they call the name of Jesus. It is not our Jesus they call. It is not our own Christ they call. 
Amen. Because anybody can call Jesus. Anybody. We have different Jesuses. We have bad Jesus. We have uh, anybody praying in Joshua, I told you it's Jesus. We have different Jesuses. So somebody can say, in Jesus' name. Huh? But, some people will say, ah, ah, let us watch him. If he's calling Jesus. I say, ah, he will call Jesus. He will call Jesus' name. But which Jesus is he calling from the bottom of his heart? You know, you know there is this, um, there is this um, um, preacher who mentioned anybody's name. That when you want to call Jesus, that is the way he called that Jesus. That he doesn't pronounce it well. You know, I don't know you. I don't know. Maybe you know the person. And some people are ra- some people are raising alarm that it's not Jesus that's calling. It's calling. I said, forget. That is the, that is his, his intonation. <laughs> that is his intonation. He will call Jesus life. He will call Jesus, but this is not our Jesus. Amen. It's not our Jesus. So. An apostate does not fellowship with you unless if he wants to come as a wolf and bring out sheep. Amen. By lies. But I will show you what the Bible says about you. I will sh- I'm, going to sh- I'm going to show you what the Bible says about you. You cannot enter into apostate. It's not possible. I will show you later on why you won't enter into apostate. And I t- also try to check the Bible to see maybe I can find one or two men who have entered into that state. I realize that I stand to be corrected. But I realize that the apostles just give us the knowledge of this thing. I don't think it ever happened. I stand to be corrected for that, sincerely speaking. Because I try to search. I look at several places where the Bible talked about apostles, about falling away, you know. But let's just move on. Hallelujah. Let's read the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 4. Hebrews 6 from verse 4. Okay, listen now. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gifts. Can you see? Those who were once enlightened those who have been exposed to the knowledge of truth, those who have been illuminated, that is what he's saying. Those who have been illuminated, they have been exposed to the knowledge of truth. They know, they know this truth like they know their name. They know this truth like the lines in their palms. They were once enlightened. These are not the people, these are not the people that don't know the meaning of repentance. These are not the people that don't know the meaning of uh, uh, salvation. These are the people that have experienced divine encounters. Are you following me now? It says, once enlightened and have tested heavenly gifts. Can you see? Because these, these, these are not babies. These are not babies. Look at the people that the Bible records that can attain apostasy or can become an apostate. Hello? How many of us have attained that? That's this, the two that I've just mentioned, how many have attained this year? Okay, one person. Look at it. It says, and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Partakers. The Yoruba will say, Allah Do you know what I'm saying now? Okay. 
Look at it. That's number three. And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. And the power of the age to come. Hallelujah. Says to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. To restore them back again. Are we together? Now, the word, the word fought away, the word fought away in chapter 6. So if they fall away, that word fall away is the Greek word parapipto. Parapipto. Amen. It's also talking of apostasy. Apostasia. Also talking about apostasy. That is to fall away, to reject. Amen. To reject or to depart. Now, let us look at the book of Romans chapter 1 and verse 8. 18 rather. Romans chapter 1. Let us see the way how Paul also described this apostasy thing. 18. Are we there? It says, For he who serve Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not, Romans 1, sorry, I'm reading the wrong. Okay, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppresses the truth in righteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. What may be known of God is manifest in them. Look at it. For God has showed it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. <laughs> Look at it. It says, because although they knew God, they knew God. This one, they are not, you know, the Bible talks about those that will say that I do not know you, O you workers of iniquity. Those ones have never been into the kingdom. But these ones, they have been into the kingdom, experienced the full knowledge of Christ. They have grown to maturity. So God knew them. Amen. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were thankful, but because, but became futile in their thoughts, and at least foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they become fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image. Can you see their description? They change the glory of the incorruptible God to iron, to tree, to elements. And they, they knew God. They knew this is God. Are you what I'm saying now? They purposely determined that we are going for the devil. They knew God. They knew God. They have a clear cut line. Between light and darkness. Not that they know it alone. They have moved in that dimension. They have moved in the realm of the spirit. They have had a series of encounters with God. That is one of the reasons why God says that if they fall away, it is impossible to restore them back to repentance. They will have become God to themselves. Not that if they come back, God will not take them. That is where some people make, make mistakes. Not that if they return, God will not take them. Are you hearing me now? No. 
this is not a case of the prodigal son in the Bible. Because the prodigal son, when he left, still remained the son of his father. Because when he comes to his consciousness, he says, well, I will rise and I will return to my father. Can you see that? To my father. So he still recognized him as his father, even in that state. Can you see that? So this is clear, different case from that. Is somebody moving along with me at all? Is somebody getting what I'm teaching right this, this evening? Hallelujah. Okay. So, it says, and change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made with corruptible man and birds, can you see? And birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Now, let us ask ourselves a question. By this description, by this description, Bramayowa, Roland, by this description, how many people have you seen that have entered into a state of apostasy that you know? By this description, how many people? I'm asking you, please, if you know, let us discuss it. It's a free class. It's a free class. Go on, sir. After the, after the, uh, experience all of those things that the Bible says. And they now said, now come out and say, see, don't talk about Jesus to me again. No. Ah, Daddy Gio. Ah, the, the Lord have used you to do powerful work. You have led millions of people to Christ. Have they the power of, the, the power of the age to come? You have enjoyed the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah. And become um, an apostate or an atheist or an idol worshiper. You know, those ones have not attained that state. Come see now. And look at what it says. It says those this this category of people, this category of people, when they read, they are not even. He said it is impossible, it is impossible for them to be restored. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is impossible for them to be restored. Because there is no place in the scripture you want to quote that they won't quote. There is no manifestation experience we're talking about that they won't, they won't tell you. Are you following what I'm saying? That is the state of apostasy. Go ahead, sister. We want to make it so interactive. Let us, because this kind of teaching, <laughs> people must talk. <laughs> Let our sister use the microphone so that everybody can hear what she's saying. Okay, can we say this place is not actually talking to Christians? I'm, I'm not hearing. Is that microphone working? Okay, can we say this place is not even actually talking to Christians? Can you okay. hear? This place is not talking about Christians. The two. Because, okay, we can, let's use example of Moses or the Pharisees. Moses, for example, he had known about God. He had tested of the Holy Ghost. He had um, known about faith. If he should, like in our time, if he should hear the gospel, and even after everything he knows, he still says, ah, it is not, it is not possible. It cannot be by faith. And knowing these things fully well, everything he has tasted of God, knowing God, and he still says this kind of a thing, it is impossible for someone like Moses to come back and say that, no, it is like Jesus is true. Because of everything he has known about God and still believe that can be by Christ. So what you are saying is that it is not possible for it to happen, right? Because a true Christian that is what that is my own belief too. And that is that I think that is what this brother this author of Hebrews was trying to achieve. 
that guys step up to maturity. Step up to maturity. He said, you know, you remember he told them that this we will do if God permit. We will make sure that we take you into maturity. So what it means is that it cannot happen. That is my own, you know, conclusion about it. That it cannot happen. In the past, I discovered that when um, the uh, Christian at that time they were experiencing persecution, some you know it got to a state where I think the, one of the one of the Roman em- emperor at that time now uh, you know announced to become a Christian. Now, when he became a Christian, I think the that was when the issue the that is the uh, issue of a uh, graven image came in because they they just wanted he just wanted to you know kind of uh, make the world feel that he's now a Christian. But when they brought in the issue of the graven image where you have uh, the uh, image of uh, Mary, image of Jesus, and all of those images that they now worship, I want to believe that those uh, that emperor, Emperor Constantine, uh, precisely, he was not. He has not experienced all of this. He only came in and said he was a Christian just to make the whole world feel that, okay, they are not on the same page. After killing so many Christians and they just will not be exhausted. They, you just have them coming up and cropping up. So the state of apostasy can never happen to somebody that have experienced the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit in that, that is resident in that person, we always do his work. So for that person to now go back and say, I don't know him again. Thank you. What he said, I'm going to continue immediately from there, that the Holy Spirit will not allow such to happen. That is the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit in the inside of us. That is the reason of that deposit. That that down payment of the Holy Ghost, it is it serves as a proof of ownership. Are you get what I'm saying now? The Holy Ghost is doing the work in us, and Jesus is also by the right hand of God interceding on our behalf. Are we together here? Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, now let's begin to open our Bible to see to start from where our brother Avem stopped. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 and 24. Look at it. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. He's talking about our complete salvation. Complete salvation. He's talking about the ultimate salvation. Do you get what I'm saying now? Aha. It says, And may your own spirits soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful who will do it. So, what that tells us that he is the caller. He is the preserver. He is the one who calls us into the kingdom. And is the one that will preserve us unto the coming of his son. Can you see that? I'm talking about those of us who do not believe in vain. Those of us who do not believe in Christ in vain. Because the Bible talks about 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse, if you read verse 2, 1 or 2, thereabout, it talks about believing in vain. So those of us who believe the gospel. Hallelujah. It says that he called us, he will preserve us to the coming of his son Jesus. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 16. Now, hold on sir. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation. What kind of consolation? Everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. 
It says, comfort your heart and establish you in every good word and work. So he is still working in you, establishing you in every good word and work. That Holy Spirit. Can you see that? When Jesus have a grip of you, eh? if he immediately have a grip of you, he will not let you go. He won't let you go. I trust him for that. Are you going to have some mistakes on the journey? Yes. Will he still leave you? No. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. But the Lord is faithful. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. But the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and guide you from the evil one? He will establish you and guide you from the evil one. Hallelujah. What are the um, um, strategies that the evil one will use that he will guide you from? Number one, temptations. He will keep you from temptation. Number two, deceptions. He will keep you from his deception. Number three, persecution. He will keep you from persecution. So, temptation, deception, persecution. Those are the tactics of darkness to take you away. Those are the things that he says he's going to keep you away from. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say, but the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and guide you from the evil one and we have, we have confidence in the Lord concerning you. Both that you do and will do the things we command you. Hallelujah. Verse 5 says, Now may the Lord direct your heart into the love of God. May the Lord direct your heart into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Can you see? Father, Son, Spirit, they are working endlessly. Working relentlessly on you because you are their property. You are their property. They are working on you and they won't let you go. They won't leave you to go. They won't. Hello. It doesn't mean that Satan will pack people. The, 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 the higher percentage of the of the world population into hell and Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. On the cross of Calvary will be a waste. Is it going to be a waste? Do you think Jesus is a loser? Jesus isn't a loser. He is a winner man. If if that is the case, then Satan don't have any regret when Jesus was died and resurrected. Satan don't have any regret. Amen. He doesn't have regret. The regret that Satan had when Jesus resurrected was, "Wow, these people have gone." They have gone from me because immediately they believe he will keep them, he will preserve them unto the unto his unto his father. Can you see that? Can you see that? If you understand what I've just said, shout glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't believe, and I will never believe that Satan will pack the half portion of the people into hell. I don't believe that. I don't believe that because I know that that sacrifice was so precious to Jesus. Ah, God releases his own son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He releases his son. You know, he left all his glory in heaven and came to this world to sacrifice himself for humanity. And you are telling me that his adversary, his enemy, will pack with, will, will render his, that his sacrifice, will render it useless and make it impotent. Never. That is not our God. He's a loving God. Hello. He's a loving God. Praise God. Jude, Jude 24. Jude 24. I, want to, I just want to prove something to you. Then we'll go. Ah, what that is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just do this today. Then we'll continue next week from there. Jude 24. Let me quickly read from here. Look at it. It says, Now. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling and 
after he will keep you from stumbling, he says, and to present you faultless or blameless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. For God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Can you see that? He will keep you blameless and present you to his father with rejoicing. That is how he's going to present us. Those of us that believe. Because he said the father, the father is doing the drawing and the, and, the, and the son is doing the catching. You see that? No one comes unto the son except the father draws him. So the father is doing the drawing. God will draw you and put you in the, in the son's hand. And devil will come and take you from his son's hand. Come on. That devil, they've not born him. They've not born him. So devil can't take you from God's hand. Devil can't take you from Jesus' hand. Jesus Christ said it by himself. We are still going to get to that scripture. Jesus said it by himself. He said it. Ah. Satan is a loser. He is a time waster. And he knows. He knows. Hallelujah. He knows. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. Sorry to take your time today. We are going to complete the scripture so that we can start from uh, we can start the next subtopic next week. First Corinthians 1.8 Look at it. It says, who will also confirm you to the end? He will confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which day is the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? The day of his coming. He will keep you blameless. He, he. Say, say he will keep me blameless. Say he will keep me blameless. Hallelujah. Ah. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Philippians 1 6. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Which day is the day of Jesus Christ? The day of his coming. The good work is started in you. The day you believed in him. He said that work, he will complete it. You know, all of these scriptures, I don't want to go into that, that's why I just, all of these scriptures I'm quoting now, because it is they have interpreted those scriptures wrongly to you. You don't know the, the original purpose of that scripture. When you say the Lord will have a good work, we complete this on the Lord Jesus. You know what what, what comes to our mind? Ah, that good work. Ah, that good job that have has given me. The Lord will have started it. Ah, we complete it. Ah, that good business, that good things. We always actually build spiritual things, spiritual realities to physical realities. Hello, that is an error. That is an error. So when you when you misinterpret scriptures, you you truncate the original purpose of that scripture. Philippians chapter two, verse thirteen. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It is he will be working it in you. But he will just he will keep on working it in you. He's not resting. He's not resting. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 and verse 20 21. Now, may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of his everlasting covenant, make you complete. In every good work. To do his will. He is the one. That will do it. Working in you. What is well pleasing. In his sight. Through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory. Forever and ever. Can you see that? First Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 23. After this one we'll do one more. Then we'll close. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Okay, we have read it before. 
Okay, let us do the last one on this note. The book of John. Let's hear what Jesus Christ himself said. John chapter 10. Let's read from verse 25 so that we just get it, then we'll close. It says, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of, the, my, of my sheep. See, you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. You don't belong to the fold. Those ones, not you now. Okay. It says, as I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. And I give them, what? Eternal life I give to them. 